Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about a planet, Saturn. Now, they say the temperature on Saturn is hot enough for it to rain diamonds. But how can this be when the planet is so far out from the sun? And also, how can it be given that Saturn is a gas planet? Oh, so, you know, all of that is basically because of the insane pressure going on over there. We call planets like Saturn gas giants, right? But they actually do have solid surfaces underneath basically thousands of miles of gaseous atmosphere. And there's so much of this gas and it makes an insanely high pressure at the solid core. So this not only provides enough pressure to produce said diamonds, but all this pressure also creates a ton of heat. Ah, yes, I remember we did do an episode on Jupiter. It's also a gas planet. Exactly. We asked, can you land on a gas gas planet? So it's very relevant to Saturn here too. And actually, a planet does not have to get much bigger than Jupiter before it becomes a brown dwarf. At this point, the gravity and pressure is high enough that it is undergoing a small amount of fusion and is basically also a weak star. Okay, so how about the reported diamond making on Saturn. So what happened here was that there was a conference a few years back where scientists calculated that large diamonds were likely raining on Saturn and Jupiter. They took new atmospheric data for the gas giants and found that carbon is abundant in its dazzling crystal form. The lightning storms, what they do is that they could turn methane into carbon soot, which as it falls towards the center of the planet, hardens into chunks of graphite and then diamond. So these diamond hailstones eventually melt into a liquid sea in the planet's hot cores. But for a moment in time, yes, it was raining diamonds. But I thought Saturn was really cold, being so far away from the sun. So Saturn was once way hotter than it is now, but its outer portions have managed to cool down, right? Uh, Deeper down, the heat had to wait for the outside to cool before it could even begin to migrate toward the outer surface which it is doing right now, although very slowly. And will be doing so for as long as the planet still exists, probably. You know, the planet realistically will likely get destroyed by the sun explosion before it converts into this, you know, huge ice-cold mass through and through. Now, Saturn also has this interesting characteristic that when you look at Saturn from its north pole, you see this hexagon shape. Why does Saturn have a hexagon on its north pole? Oh, so that's actually a storm. Yeah, you heard me right, a storm there is essentially a massive hurricane tightly centered on the North Pole of Saturn with an eye about 50 times larger than the average hurricane eye here on Earth. Now, there are a few hypotheses why this is. One is that two waves can interfere with each other, and this can happen in a way that makes it look like a single different wave that isn't moving. Uh, In this case, the conditions are just right enough that Saturn's jet stream creates a six-sided standing wave, which was created basically right around the North Pole. The hexagon also changes color, I believe. There's so many mysteries here about Saturn. Yes, uh, it has been observed to change color once. Between 2012 and 2016, the hexagon changed from a mostly blue color to more of a golden color. And one theory for this is that sunlight is creating haze as the pole is exposed to sunlight due to the change in season. And these changes were actually observed by the Cassini spacecraft. Hmm, I see. Okay, now let's finally talk about Saturn's defining feature, its rings. 
Why are Saturn's rings almost perfectly flat and flush with each other? Oh, yes. And it's quite gorgeous, right? Probably one of the prettiest planets in our, in our solar system. It is. Uh, and that's because Saturn bulges at the equator because, you know, it's spinning quite fast. And anything orbiting it, especially close in, they feel a force pulling it towards basically the flat plane that aligns with the equator. That decides the default orbit, even if objects don't start off there. Objects orbiting in different planes would collide with each other if they ever met where their planes crossed. So when you have rings with an astronomical number of tiny orbiting objects, they have to be in the same plane or else they'll be constantly colliding. And eventually over time, the collisions will tend to cause many of the objects to settle down in basically the same orbital plane, the same kind of flat ring. This is a similar reasoning that explains why the rings are so circular. Uh, objects in different oval-shaped orbits will likely collide. The rings won't last forever though, right? I believe Saturn's rings are, cosmically speaking, a very brief event that we are currently right in the middle of. Yeah, that's right. We are about halfway through their 200 million year lifespan. <laughs> So we are very lucky as a species to be alive to witness this. Some dinosaurs looking up at Saturn hundreds of millions of years ago would have not seen any rings at all. Interesting. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have comments and suggestions for us. And if you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes because it helps other people to find this podcast. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.